Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in this. Well, gosh, it's Saturday morning. It must be weekend gardening. Yep, here we are. Thank you so much for being a gardener, for being somebody who likes the sound of my voice, for being a radio listener. And in this particular morning, thank you for being Rhino, who decided to arouse from his slumbers and come in and produce the program today. Thank you, sir. Morning, Mama. Appreciate that very, very much. How goes it? Things well with you? It goes well, especially for a Saturday. It looks like it's going to be a beautiful one. Well, there's, there's a lot to be said for... Or rain that you can predict as opposed to rain that just kind of pounds on you suddenly. Oh, yeah. I've had both this week. Mm. Um, I was confident in my meteorologist that the rain would not be around yesterday, and then there it was. But the timing was even off. So today um, I did not wear my better shoes. I wore the ones so if it starts raining before I get home, I'm okay. Theoretically, in central Mississippi, that will not be the case. But who knows? For those of you who are listening to the rain this morning, (sighs) think of our friends out west. It's not going well for them. You've probably seen at least some of the magnificent structures that are being revealed as Lake Mead goes down, you know, as the the reservoirs fall there. But that's not good. There's more people. There are more people in every every few square miles than there are in our entire state, and all of them depend on that kind of water, that water from that world. And we've got it. Um, A child once said to me, and believe me, she's not quite a grandmother, but she could be, um, said to me, well, why don't y'all just pump this water out to the West Coast? She lived in California, grew up out there. Why don't y'all just send that water out to us? And it's a good question. <laughs> so I think these days the water's getting valuable enough. <laughs> it may turn out that the water harvest is something that we need to pay attention to. What's going on in your garden? Oh, there's a lot going on in mine. I have to begin with a question for you today. What is your favorite pollinator plant? What do you like? to plant in your garden to be sure that you've got something for the bees or the dragonflies or whoever you whoever you notice at your place. With me, it's ladybugs and bees mostly, but you may have others. Let me know today. I've got a project coming along, and I think you'd like to hear about that eventually. So give me some information to talk about it. Good morning to Greg in Nettleton. Thank you very much. That, of course, reminds me to tell you that you, too, can send a text to the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. And you can always use the Super Talk call line. Sure hope you do. 888 So that's what's going on in my garden, thinking about pollinators, um, thinking about one thing and another. Greg says that they've not seen a drop in uh, Nettleton. Well, I just can only say I hope you get lucky. If we're not if we're not banking a little bit of water now, oh, July is going to be rough. <laughs> so I, I hope we get a little bit in the bank. 
at least. Good morning to John in Hardeman, Tennessee. Um, lots, lots of folks up there laughing the other this week. I got several emails from Tennessee this week. Um, ha! Y'all think it's hot? We've got tomatoes and it's not hot. I was like, ah! You know, I was I was chirping last week because the temperatures were in the 60s and still cool enough to set tomatoes. But apparently, not everyone agrees with how special that is because that's what they're living with have a friend that's almost in in nashville and uh she sent a note back to say the same thing yep tomatoes are setting temperatures are perfect yeah yeah (laughs) must be nice well in some ways it is but it was really snowy and icy and cold in much of tennessee this year and i'm just not there i'm 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 not i'm not there for that you know (laughs) David's in Oak Grove this morning on the text line. How many water plants, watermelon plants grow best or are needed per hill? Um, well, I'm going to put, because it's a four-by-four four space, all right, that we generally think of as that hill. Raise it up just a little bit so that we have good drainage for the seeds and a little bit of a protected area. Sometimes we want to put a reservoir in that space, too so that we can put some let some water in on days when there's not so much to be had. But when we plant, we're going to plant about three seeds, and depending on how much space you have for the vines to run, that may only be one watermelon. I tend to be a little bit more conservative. I, I leave two. I usually plant four and leave two and try to direct them in two different directions. But if you don't have the space to do that, you can make a bunch out of one. It's, it's a matter of... The other reason, of course, for putting a reservoir in the hill with watermelons or, or, or good heavens, even winter squashes and certainly pumpkins, is because as we need to get more water to them, we also need to get more fertilizer to them. So that's a fun thing. Good morning. Um, let's see. Morning glories, Mexican petunias and zinnias. Well, that's good, sissy. I love that. This is the perfect time for that. I noticed that my I have a white Mexican petunia. The purple one has come up and is, as usual, is about ready to start blooming early. But the white one took until July last year to start, and I noticed it's growing very, very well this time. I don't know what happened to it or what was different about it. But they're like um, many other plants. The the one that is the shall we say, more common one, the one that we know, you know, purple Mexican petunias are, are a lot more abundant. And some of that's because the whites are not as fast to grow. And sometimes it's because, for example, the white ones will be, the Ruelias will be run over. Um, that is to say, other plants grow faster. I have uh, an Autumn Joy sedum trying to knock mine out of the bed right now. <laughs> but I took a little piece off the Autumn Joy and made a little more space for the other one. I'm happy to report on the dianthus today. I did cut them back a little bit. This is Telstar, and that's the variety that I really, really, really like. It is an annual dianthus that, honestly, in a raised bed in central Mississippi with just a little bit of encouragement, grows and blooms for several years. And this is its second season. It's one season younger than the three-year-old snapdragon that should not be in bloom but is. So sometimes, you know, one of the best parts about gardening for a long time is that you learn that not everything that you can possibly ever have known or been taught or even that worked, some of that changes. And over time, I'm I'm happy to say I'm learning a lot all the time. 
oh fun the um little blue flowers with white circles around the middle and little black dots i can almost picture this flower um tommy and startville says that he loves watching the bees dance around them i'm i'm going could be amsonia but if it's a plant that you planted Amsonia tends to be blue star tends to be more of a wild flower, wild, a wild plant. What, what I call our found flowers, the ones we don't necessarily plant, but we like. We're glad to find them. Um, I'm seeing something else in my mind though, and I'll try and think of what the name of that one is. Maybe I'll baby be, blue eyes. Maybe I'll be right. No, um, I won't be able to get as specific as a as a variety name or a cultivar name. I'm still trying to figure out if it's bacopa or if it's. Um, Something else. So anyway, we'll work on that one. I, I will tell you this. I have had a Caldwell Pink rose in my front garden forever. I have dug that plant up and moved it three or four times, and it continues to come back up. It's an, it's an own root rose. It's just a perfect spot for it, and I've finally given in to it and indeed have propagated it. Now I have three. Well, I, I won even though the plant won, because I didn't want it there. The plant won, but I also won. Yesterday afternoon, it was covered up in both ladybugs and bees. And I'm, that, to me, is just a sign of how happy and healthy the garden is and also the fact that I've got the army of ladybugs working for me. Um, there's not very many pests that will bother Scotch Rose or Caldwell Pink or you know some of the other ones that I grow. But I do appreciate that they keep them clean of anything that might show up. also gives them a place to live so then they can take off to the other plants that are around it. Something else that just started blooming today at my house is a little gardenia, one of the daisy flower gardenias. I really like that plant, and I will let those flowers drop and go on and make seed heads because it, they make that the beautiful orange um, seed head that's so pretty. We, we don't see often enough on gardenias, and I'm determined to get a picture this year. So I will be doing that. Speaking of pollinators, um, I really love this. Yes, there, there's so many. I had a, a, a dear friend of mine who used to talk about geographical prejudices that, you know, the, the if you, if you live in, the east coast you're either a a, a white clam chowder person or you're a red chowder person (laughs) and and it depends on where you live and what you grew up with we have all that kind of stuff too on a bigger level i hesitate to say meta now that that's the name of a company (laughs) but on the larger level of things um there's a lot of predictions that we're going to have an arthropod apocalypse all right in other words where are the insects how many of them are there where how how are we losing them and we understand that there are a lot of threats in the modern world to our pollinators and to other insects in 2017 the biggest study of the subject um, showed that flying insects in in germany had declined by more than 50% in the previous three decades. So th- this kind of thing has happened everywhere that anybody has looked around. But interestingly enough, we tend to study where more people are studying stuff. Duh. So we end up with studies about the temperate zone, but not the tropics. 
So finally, because they're so smart, the Florida Museum of Natural History said, we're going to launch a study in the tropics. We're going to Ecuador. Let's get some partners and let's do this work. And it, the, the stuff they are pulling out of there, it's a, I mean, it's a biodiversity hotspot anyway. Um, the particular, you know, the, the Yasuni National Park there is one of the places that I've wished that I could go. But they've been there monitoring butterfly abundances because that, of course, in turn tells them about the availability of pollination sources of, of nectars, but also the places to rest and nest and all the things that they need to do to form more butterflies. So it's really interesting stuff. They're, um, they're, they're letting out some information, but there's a lot more to be learned for sure. Let's see. Um, oh, good. Harold, you're in Clinton. Welcome in. What's going on with your beans? Well, I need some help. What's um, up? I've got, I've, got, I've got two varieties that I planted. Uh, I planted the Louisiana Purple Pod, and then my daughter had some seed, and I, I don't remember the, uh, the variety. But on my Louisiana Purple Pod, they're up, they're beautiful, they're running, and just scattered around in the garden, all of a sudden, it looks like you just poured hot water on them. They, the leaves shrivel up. Not, I mean, and it's just an individual plant here mm-hmm. and there. It's not, it's not starting in one place and moving down the road. Mm-hmm. How, cl- how close together are the plants? Uh, probably... Four inches, five inches, something like that. Have you grown beans in that same place before? Oh, yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Well, one of the joys of growing beans is that we we count on them to fix nitrogen from the air. However, over time, the amount that they've managed to store in the ground sometimes is less than what they actually need. And if we fertilize them, then we encourage a whole lot of bushy, leafy growth, but we don't get too many beans. If we don't fertilize them, sometimes the plant stand will literally kill off one here and one there to make room for the rest of them to grow. So I'm going to tell you to remove the ones that are wilted to the ground. If you have a, if you have a fungicide, I would spray the plants with fungicide and or drench the spot just in case we're dealing with a root rot problem. But I doubt it. And don't fertilize them for at all for at least a period of time till you can see. Make sure if they turn light green or something, you'll need to fertilize them. But I think you've just got a problem of over cultivation in the same spot, and I think you can get around it. Okay. Does that make sense? All right. It does. Okay. If you had told me that you had orange spots all over it, or if you had told me that you had Mexican bean beetles or that, we would have a different approach. But with a physical problem like you're having of some just wilting, the chances are that some are just wilting. (laughs) So so let them go. Now, the other thing is if they happen to be real close to one another, four inches is about as close as you can get beans, and it is good that they hold each other up. But... Six inches is probably better from the beans point of view. However, if you get in there and realize that if you pull it up, you're going to be pulling on the soil next to the one that it's sitting next to, just cut the, that one off at ground level rather than yanking it out of the ground. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. You can see that I've messed this up a few times. <laughs> Thanks, Harold. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Beans are wonderful, um, and I'm happy to tell you that I have field peas growing in the garden table that um, are just gorgeous. I'm I'm so excited, but their root space is limited. 
So I'm having to thin them a little more than I might want to. I did have a situation where they sort of popped up and I had to go back and unpop it. (laughs) Undo that a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's see. Um, Joe in Madison has got double knockout roses that are, uh uh-oh, spindly steaks. That's not good. Can I prune now and get them to bush? If not, when and how far to cut back? Well, um, here's the thing about knockouts. If they're in full sun and they're getting fertilizer even once a year, they should not be spindling. So let's cut them back by at least a third and give them some fertilizer and see if we can't get them to bush back out. If you can't, you may need to move them, but you won't do that until next fall. Um, that if there's any, if you see any holes in the leaves, if you see you know infestations of Japanese beetles or something like that, which is very rare on knockouts, but if you do, we can figure that out too. But um, I think if you didn't if if you didn't already know this, knockouts are pruned in February just like all the other shrub roses, but just not as heavily. However, when they get into trouble like this then taking a third down is not not a problem they'll just bush back out and that's what we want them to do sometimes if you take if you prune them too hard they bush out a lot and then that's you're looking for more flowers not more leaves all of that being said and all of that having been done and proven in my own garden i can tell you that the guy at the church down the street from me is still cutting those down with a chainsaw every year and they're just fine <laughs> now the bottom of them is about eight inches across now they have a thick base and the plants are probably three feet tall when they bloom they're not attractive they don't look they don't have anything resembling a natural shape but for bushes stuck on the side of the entrance to the parking lot they look better than a lot of other things that he might have put in there especially if he's well if you only have a chainsaw you know (laughs) everything looks like it needs to be chainsawed i know i know it's a joke about a hammer but Give me a break. I need some more coffee. Ah, our friend, J.J. Kale. It is breezy, folks, and I'm glad of that because soon it won't be. Stick around. There's more to come. This is Weekend Gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? 
Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Let's get ready for summer. Gear up at Miskelly's for all your entertaining and save up to $300. Host an outdoor gathering on beautiful new outdoor furniture or freshen up the inside with a new piece or a whole room. Since you can finance for 60 months with no money down, payments are a breeze. You'll find the discounts and the financing you need to get your home ready for the season. It's going to be a great summer, outside and in. Start it off at Miskelly's. Since 1920, many great beginnings in Mississippi have begun with a diamond from All Britain's Jewelers. Since then, we've changed in many ways, except in our commitment to our customers. Hi, I'm John All Britain. At All Britain's, we realize how important a diamond is to you. That's why our trained gemologist inspects every stone we sell. Whether you're buying your first diamond or celebrating your 25th anniversary, you can be confident of our quality and value. Come see why, since 1920, the people of Mississippi have chosen All Britons as their diamond store. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Morganstone has been serving builders, contractors, and homeowners since 1997. They have everything for interior and exterior projects. We have all kinds of stuff. Marcus, let me tell them. Stone pavers, stone benches, stone slabs, stone boulders, stone fire pits, flagstone, fieldstone, bluestone, cobblestone, chopstone. That's right, Zeta. I'm Zoe Morgan. We're rock solid since 1997. Statewide delivery, the largest stone yard in Mississippi. Come see us at Morganstone in Brandon. Morganstone.com We're still trying to figure out the name of this plant. We're not quite there yet, but we're working on it. All right, now. That's wonderful. Y'all are so terrific. Try, you know, to, this is the weekend of the flower blood moon. That's They call all of them blood if they're going to look red. And the reason they look red is because of the lunar eclipse. I got to tell you, I'm, go, I'm taking a nap. I'm going out to see this one. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm determined. I'm serious, Rhino. I, I have, have done this before in my life, and it's a beautiful sight. And it, it's one that, with my luck, I'll take a nap and it'll be raining. But, you know. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. <laughs> As I say, get out to the levee. Get out somewhere in, where you can see and look and, and see such things. That's yeah, if fun. you can get anywhere near open water, that's just spectacular to watch a night sky. Mm-hmm. 
it's really magnificent. There's um, there's a reason why when you look through the years of the photographer's work that wins awards, oftentimes it involves the night sky and water and formations and stuff, you know, because it's so dramatic. And you'll remember it, too. I'm, I can actually remember the first time I ever saw Orion and picked it out in the sky. I'm still excited about that. I know. You can look at your app. Yeah, but you can use your eyes, too. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That's the Super Talk call line. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five is, of course, the ceasefire text line where y'all are tearing it up today. Tell us how to take care of drift roses. We just did double knockouts, of course, in the previous hour. Um, in South Jones County, the 15 turn brown and some of the limbs turn black on the ends after they bloom just once in the early spring. Yikes. Um, if if they're still putting on new leaves, the answer is that we need to prune them. If they're not, the answer is they're probably s- sitting in something resembling root rot. It's very unusual for drift roses to not at least continue. They'll, they'll outgrow a lot of their problems. So if they're continuing to put on green leaves... My solution would be to just go up and down those 15 plants and cut off the black parts, get them out of the garden, don't let them, you know, don't let them stay, and figure that it's weather-related. Um, then time to fertilize and get them blooming again. And it's another thing you don't have to do too often with drift roses is to fertilize them. But if you have a fungicide, you can certainly drench the soil with it. I don't have any problems with that at all because we have had so many parts of our state that have had so much water. And if you live in one of them and your shrubs are having a problem, the problem they may be having is a root rot issue. Sometimes it can be overcome, sometimes it can't, but we might as well try, especially if you have 15 drifts. They're pretty tough. They're pretty tough things. Um, good choices. Oh, these are all just such good choices. I really love this. Um, but from, from Morning Glories and Mexican Petunias and Zinnias and Sundrops, Coneflower, Phlox, Guara, Bee Balm, and Zinnias. Everybody loves Zinnias. I love Coneflowers. I'm, I'm actually um, in search of the really large um, yellow one. I love yellow Coneflowers. And no, they're not the same as Black Eyed Susans. Here's the difference. If you see a flower and it has yellow petals, and sometimes they might be drooping petals. Sometimes they might be very stiff petals. Sometimes there may be one ring. Sometimes there may be two or three rings of petals. If the nose of that plant stands up prominently, it's a coneflower. It's a rudbeckia, okay? If the nose of the flower is fairly flat, it, it's going to be Another, it's going to be in the black-eyed Susan bunch. It, you know, it may or may not be Rudbeckia fulgita, but it's going to be one of the Rudbeckias. Okay, just so you know. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, how to dry? Can I let them dry? Can I let the beans dry on the vine, or should I just let them mature? Well, if you're letting them mature, they are going to eventually dry. So, if your point is to collect seeds and you're in a dry enough environment, then yes. If not, let it go as far as you can, and when the next big rain is predicted, cut them and take them and hang them upside down somewhere they won't get wet so they can continue to dry. I have I have dried um, 
horticultural beans. The the bean itself, I don't like it, but I like the the seeds inside the bean. I like to cook them, and they're also wonderful to save because they're popular. But there, it's a, it was a case one year where I was able to do it on the plants. And the next year, if I had left them on the plants, we'd have been looking at gray fungus rather than at seeds. So I cut them off. Gosh, I can still remember that. I, I hung them in the closet and almost forgot about them. <laughs> but fortunately, I remember before they actually dropped all their seeds all over the floor. It's not good. The things we do. One of these days, my children are going to write a book about the narcissus bulbs under the kitchen sink, the beans in the closet, you know, all these things. That the memories they have of me are probably not going to be that great. I don't know. It sounds like it'd make a great children's book series. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> We've been talking about some of that sort of thing because there are th- there are things that just like the uh, if you if your parents are are any one thing if you're, you're musicians you know if you're horticulturists if you're Wrestlers, you know, if you're any, you you have a set of experiences that are fairly characteristic of that particular world, all of which are valid. All of which, you know, if we as 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 adults realize that we're raising adults, you know, we're we're not trying to infantilize our kids. We're trying to raise them so that they will be adults who can take care of us, quite frankly. But even more important, so they can take care of themselves and each other. Oh, my goodness. Is there a difference between Japanese beetles and ladybugs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ladybugs are the classics. There's there's two kinds of them. There's those that kind of bite you, and there's those that don't, but they're both pollinators. There's those that come in your house, and they're those that don't, but they're both pollinators, and they are the classic red with the black dots on top, although they may be orange or they may even be green at one stage of their life with black dots on top. They look fairly characteristic. Some have... Some numbers of dots, some have other numbers of dots. I would putting put you to sleep by talking about that, even though I do know about it and, and enjoy it myself. Japanese beetles, on the other hand, oh dear. If you, when you see the Japanese beetles emerge and get on your rose bushes or something else, they'll, they'll eat almost any shrub and they'll eat a lot of crops. So they're shiny. They're, they're longer. They're not round. They're longer than they are wide. And they're shiny. They're iridescent. They're really beautiful, and they're very, very, very destructive. Okay, they're another one that they, they will lay, lay their eggs, and the the eggs become grubs. The grubs become be, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a pest of both levels. At both levels, it chews when it's a caterpillar, and it chews when it's a grown up. Aren't they related to the uh, the scarabs of legend from sure. Egypt? Sure, sure. You better be aware of them because they're tough. They will they will eat up stuff at every stage. They will take you over, and if you can tame them and make them your friends, then you're in good shape. Um, Ethan Hawke. Anyway, that's a whole other bit of scarab business. Somebody will get that out there. Let's see. Somebody. Speaking of a chainsaw. Oops. Um, <laughs> She, so I was looking at the chainsaw and the um, sawzall, and uh, decided to choose. I chose the sawzall, easier to deal with. I agree with you, Greg. I, I can't disagree with that. I'm I'm a fan of the sawzall, and if y'all don't know what one is, look it up. It's literally S A W S A L L. It's a tool, and it does what it says. It does exactly what it says. Um, when I'm reminded of when I first discovered that there was such a thing as a ratcheting wrench, you know, it's like, wow, look at that. 
Look what I can do with this. The sawzall has that same sort of revelation to it when you when you discover it. Somebody out there saying, you mean there's people that don't know? Yes, there's a lot of people that don't know about a sawzall. You can take apart or take down anything with three things, a sawzall, an angle grinder, and a sledgehammer. <laughs> yes, that's a good set of choices. I don't think I want them all in the same car at the same time, but, you know, I can understand how that could happen. Oh, my goodness, that's fun. Let's see. Um, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, there's a big difference there. Nina, that's lovely. Nina's in Grenada. Um, the roses are getting brown spots on the tips. If they are, it, it, again, this this really does look like because you've got a, a plastic mulch underneath it, I'll bet you it's really wet under there. I would pull back a little of it and see how wet the soil is staying. If it's staying very wet or very dry, either one of those things can cause you to have a brown spot. And you'll want to relieve that problem. And, yes, you can use a fungicide on the roses to keep it from continuing with the issue. But mainly you need to check that, check underneath that mulch and see what you got. Okay? Okay. That's good. See all these, got all these things. <laughs> Sawzalls are awesome. We have a, 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 an unsolicited endorsement from Larry and Jackson. We all like them. We really do. It's a great, great tool. You know, I... Uh, I've been holding on to this story for a couple of weeks because I know I have people, because y'all write to me. Y'all tell me all about how awful it is to hear me talk about anything resembling a spider. And I do think that there are more people with spider phobias than there are with any other phobias in, in this particular audience anyway. Well... Here comes a spider story, so prepare yourself. Go get some coffee if you need to. Uh, it's because I'm so absorbed in orb-weaving spiders. I love it. When I discovered fractals, I was just as crazy. I would there there are things, and, and believe me, I've realized all this stuff's been around forever. I'm there's only so many things I can absorb at one time. They'll, somebody will say, "Ooh, are you watching?" something that they're binging, and I'm usually like, "No, I don't have any more room in my head. <laughs> I can't." I have to get to the end of Project Runway or something, you know, first. Anyway, the the Philippinella prominens, which are the orb-weaving spiders, um, <coughs> excuse me, they launch themselves after they mate because, as we all understand, well, the female spiders can be a little bit carnivorous. So they had never described this mechanism before. The scientists had never told us exactly because they didn't know how they use the joint in their first pair of legs to immediately catapult themselves away from the female. I love this. They're, they, they're as fast as 88 centimeters per second, which for those of you who are not metric, is crazy fast. I'm out. It's done. And they do, um, yeah, they, they, do, they do this. Clearly, this is an action of evolution that we can all agree is probably better for the future of the orb-weaving spiders than being cannibalized by their mates because, well, how many more can there be? You know, turns out there's plenty, but it's something that the, the these male spiders have developed, and obviously their lines are the ones that will get reproduced more and more and more. I just love that. Uh, they also spin around 175 times per second on average. Now you may want to know why in the world are we studying this? I, and I have, I'm just, I'm not going to be ugly, 
really not. But I just think that it's the Hubei University, which, of course, is in Wuhan, China. There's been a whole lot of time in lockdown in Wuhan, China, and I think studying the spiders was probably a very logical thing to do because you can put them in a small space and everybody can look at the cameras and no matter where you are, you can agree about what they're doing. You know, you can observe their behaviors. Um, by the way, in this group, they had 155 of these situations. Of the 155, three of them did not launch. They're dead. <laughs> Now, for those of you who are worried about a dystopian society, be glad you're not an orb-weaving spider. You would have had to have adapted your front legs and spin 175 times in one second to get away from the, shall we say, hungry female. Woo! Now, spiders continue to absorb my attention and probably some of yours at this point. The University of Kansas is now asking what? How did this happen? And what they're talking about is the geologic formation near Enum Provence, France, which we've heard about before. This is one of the um, the, the the Cenozoic era treasure troves of fossils. Okay, we, we've all. If you haven't heard about it, it's because you're not as crazy about this kind of stuff as I am, and I'm happy to introduce you to it. You can now go look it up. A I X dash E N dash Provence. Okay, in France. Um, People have been looking at stuff there since the the late 1700s, and they still continue to find things that they did not know. How come? How come the spiders are so perfectly preserved there? And interestingly enough, you know, it's really hard to become a fossil in this world. That doesn't actually happen. Um, things that, that that the hard parts have to be fossilized. So it, spiders don't do that so well. Unless they're caught in amber, you can't really get the whole thing. Well, interestingly enough, in this particular group, they found the place. And yes, indeed, they decided to look under the fluorescent microscope to see what happened. They glow. Fossils. Fossils. Ancient spider webs glow. Well, believe you me, there's a lot of study to be done on that. How come? Who were they for? You know, what's what's next? I love it. I love it. No more spiders, I promise. This is Weekend Gardening. <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is just part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. 
Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pillium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Here in Mississippi, we believe that life is precious and must be protected. But Congressman Guest voted twice to give $1.1 billion of your tax dollars to Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider. I'm Michael Cassidy, and my promise to you is that unlike Congressman Guest, I will never vote to give even a penny in taxpayer funding to Planned Parenthood. I'm Michael Cassidy, a pro-life Republican candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Hi, I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. For more than 27 years, we've been selling and servicing Exmark mowers here in central Mississippi. Whether you have a city lot, a country estate, or a large institutional property, Exmark has a mower to fit your needs. I invite you to come by and check out all of what Exmark and Frederick's has to offer. With special financing available, we have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving you since 1993. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Turn it up, a little bit higher. Radio, turn it up, burn it up, so you know. Radio, la, 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 la,
thank you so much for tuning in to Weekend Gardening. Whether you're listening live on Saturday morning, you might be listening to the rebroadcast on the Sunday, you might be listening to the podcast, you might be listening to a download, wherever you are kind enough to take Garden Mama with you, I thank you and I appreciate it. And I really do very much enjoy getting notes from people that say, I was listening to the podcast and you said da 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 and I always think, wonder when that was. Let's see. What did I say? <laughs> I did say something. Jim wants to know about the beetles that attack the pine trees. Are we going to be able to hear him? Not. He's, no, he was gone. Okay, good. Well, those are pine beetles, pine boring beetles. And oh, my goodness. Here's the story. Believe it or I say these things and people later on will say, I heard you say this and then I read something and I didn't think you were as crazy as I thought you were. Thank you very much. Um, there, there's, a, there's a world that goes on that you and I don't see, clearly. The insect world. It's not an arthropod apocalypse, but there's certainly some insects that there's too few of and some that there's too many of. And indeed, if we had it all like we liked it, there would be a bird that would come along and eat every one of those pine bark beetle larvae, elk, but they don't because they can't. So we have pine bark beetles, and they are cleverly laid there by their mamas, and then they hatch, and they burrow into your pine tree. Now, what brings the mama to your pine tree? Why can't we just put something on there that says, go away, you know? Well, because it's trauma many times. In other words, um, after we saw a huge surge of pine bark beetle problems after Hurricane Katrina. The trees are lifted up out of the ground by those winds and then set back down. They don't necessarily topple and they don't necessarily fall, but they scream loudly into their environment. And that means that there's, I'm using that as a metaphor. I know they don't make sounds like you and I recognize for the most part. However, they are sending out pheromones and signals of all sorts, basically that says to the pine bark beetle, I'm in trouble over here. You can, you can get in easily. We, uh, in, in horticulture school, I learned about advantageous creatures, and they are the ones that will wait for you to have a split in the bark, or they'll wait for there to be a lift at the root zone, or they don't really, they don't have to go far. They can get into your plant and take it apart. But they do so as a result of something else happening. Um, yes, there are primary, secondary, and tertiary pests. The tertiary ones are the ones that are generally like sooty mold. It's a, it's a pest. It creates black disease on your leaves. But it's out here all the time. I don't know how to tell you this. It's out here all the time. When the plant is vulnerable, it takes advantage of that. So there's there's a lot of ways that these things work, and that's just one of them. But all that being said, um, I'm 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 kind of fascinated. I'm, 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 I should have been a horticultural entomologist. It's the same idea as a shady person walking down the street and checking all the door handles. They're they're not going to go in the car that's locked. They're going to go in the one that's unlocked. Yes, yes. Unless, of course, they have the the tool, and in that case, they're either a raven or a crow, and they have, <laughs> they have popped open the door. Sadly, on a much happier topic, I love chocolate. Y'all probably know that. I really love dark chocolate. I I have to I have to just admit it right now. 
it it's on my mind a lot of the time. It, whether I'm eating it at the time or not, doesn't matter. I like chocolate. Well, you might think then, well, so what? Well, I'm really interested in why and what it is about this chocolate or that chocolate that you and I care for. And I think I may be getting closer to understanding it. Um, University in Amsterdam, obviously, we understand there's Belgian chocolate, there's Dutch chocolate, there's all these, this is a large issue for them. And how come we like some chocolates and how come we don't like others? And the same is true of all foods. Part of it is the taste itself. Part of it, of course, though, is also the sound of it when we eat it, which is why tempered chocolate sounds better than it tastes, okay, after it's been heated up so it gets shiny and stiff. It may or may not taste as good as it did when it was rougher chocolate, but it sure does look pretty, and the sound is great, so we like it more. The same is true of the mouthfeel of chocolate. And what this research did was to do some very clever things of changing the direction in which the the chocolate is both made and then cut. And by doing so, there were some incredible, incredible differences. These 10 very willing test people, as they described them, and it all came out the same, even though they did not profess to like the same kinds of chocolate going in. Once they they all got through these different batches, they agreed on the mouthfeel and on the directional nature that was accompanying that. So that's pretty interesting. I want to know, how can I get in on the next trials? It sounds an awful lot like the research done into carbon <laughs> fiber and how you can do yes. it one way and it flexes this way. You do it the other way and you can put an elephant on it. Yes, exactly. It's very, and they do some of that same stuff with spider webs. You know, some some things are some things are different in length than they are in tensile strength and that sort of stuff. It's it's wonderful stuff. Um, the American Chemical Society that I never in my life thought I would be interested in, but I seem to find their stories all the time. Is uh, they are now letting us know that. In what is actually a riveting publication, the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry, I know this just there's people out there going, what is she talking about? I'm telling you, this is some hot stuff. This is good info. I love this. They have now put in a new cocoa processing method. You think I'm the only one that likes chocolate? They're out here looking for new ways to get it to me. Come on now. Fruitier, more flowery, dark chocolate. I am waiting. My mailbox is available all day long, I need to be part of this test. They have found an alternative processing step, and in other words, they go the certain way that they have always gone, and then they divert a little bit, and that in turn brings out, it's faster, it's more easily controlled than the fermentation that they used before, but it produced similar aromas in, in the cacao beans. There were some differences, though, that turned out to be better in terms of that fruitier nature of the chocolate itself i I like that i want to know about this i don't really care that i don't own a mass spectrometer i'll never be able to verify these things but i love that they're working on it i love that they're they're concerned about it and that they're trying to make sure that i have an absolutely better pleasant aroma better taste and of course be an alternative that is easier to do and gets the chocolate to me faster with better flavor. Come on. It's a win-win. Ah, thank you from our friends at the American Chemical Society. I, I, I have to confess, if you've never taken chemistry as a class, you should. And I hope you have a teacher as, as good as two of mine were. 
The third one, not so much, but the, the first two were great. And I learned a whole lot that I didn't think I could ever find out. Um, really didn't think that there was uh, much for me to think about, but there was, it turned out. And I, I did learn a whole lot of stuff. John is now sending in beautiful view from the cotton field last week. That's gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. I do love red skies. Just something about that tickles me. I am deep into my container garden tomatoes, and I imagine you are too. They're beginning to ripen. They're trying to ripen. It keeps raining and not having enough sunlight, but, you know, we're, we're getting close. Um, some may say that I'm a little bit ahead of schedule. That's true. Usually my first tomatoes don't come along until a couple of weeks from now, but, ooh, it's going to be fun when they get here. Just waiting. I'm telling you, a few more days they're going to be fried green. Hmm, that's not bad either. Let's talk recipes. Let's talk plants. Let's find out what's going on with Rhino in the next hour of Weekend Gardening. business may not be a Fortune 500 company yet. You've worked hard to grow your business to where it is today, but are the manual processes that worked when you were smaller now eating into your man hours? As an iSolve network provider, MWG Employer Services can help you save time and money by streamlining the processes of administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits, as well as training your personnel to efficiently manage your human capital through one platform. Want to find out more? Visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the digging safety class. Hey, Bob. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do. you deserve at Bob Boy Honda. You probably know that there's distribution issues impacting automakers across the industry. But that won't stop us from getting you the ride of your dreams. Here's how to reserve the new car, truck, or SUV that you want. Step one, come to Bob Boyd and test drive a car, truck, or SUV. Step two, reserve the Honda you want from our huge allocated inventory arriving daily. Step three, when your ride arrives, come down, pick it up, and it's that easy. Come on to Bob Boyd Honda. Let's give you a deal. deal. Cards issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider Ramp, a better corporate card and spend management platform. Instead of points, Ramp gives you cash back with every purchase. Ramp software puts real money in your pocket, plus total control over who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's integrated software lets you close your books in hours instead of days. Time is money. Save both with Ramp. Now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash join. R-A-M-P dot com slash join. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Lisa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A mediator has been named to help bring a resolution to the ongoing contract dispute between insurance provider Blue Cross and Blue Shield and the University of Mississippi Medical Center. 
This week, the two institutions announced that Walter Johnson, senior counsel at the law firm Watkins & Eager, will be aiding in the process. Since April 1st, over 50,000 Mississippians who use Blue Cross have gone without coverage at the hospital, with state officials hoping a contract can be reached in the coming months. To read more about the ongoing contract disagreement, go to supertalk.fm. One or more inmates at the Warren County Jail could face additional charges after a mattress was reportedly set on fire earlier this week. According to the Warren County Sheriff's Department, the incident occurred around 11.45 a.m. Tuesday when jail staff saw a hazy smoke coming from one of the second-floor cell blocks. After a thorough sweep, officials found no problems with the cell block. So now, they're trying to find out how the inmate or inmates set the mattress on fire. For more Mississippi news, go to supertalk.fm. takes milk chocolate ice cream and loads it with chocolate-coated peanut butter cups and peanut butter cookie dough pieces, you get chocolate peanut butter overload. <laughs> Better by a country smile. The good old days are being made right The Department of Justice investigation into Perchman that began in 2020 have been released. One of the biggest issues pointed out in the report is the lack of staff. An internal staffing report shows MDOC filled 206 of 417 available positions. Representative Trey Lamar shared his thoughts on the results of the investigation. We've got a lot of infrastructure there. It's some of it's old, certainly, uh, but the workforce is also one of the biggest issues there. You know, in, in that area, we just don't have as uh, as as large of a workforce as we used to have, and we don't have as large of a workforce as we have in other parts of the state. So, uh, all of those things have to be balanced. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm not convinced yet that the totally scrapping parchment is the answer. It certainly may be, uh, but I think there's a lot of study that needs to go into it before we jump to that conclusion. The prison population has been reduced by 40% since the start of that investigation. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action last night saw Ole Miss take on LSU and Baton Rouge. The rains came in the third inning, and the game was postponed to this morning. They'll pick it up in the third inning at 11 o'clock this morning on the Ole Miss Baseball Network, and then they'll follow that with Game 2 scheduled for today. Weather may be involved in that one as well, and then Game 3 is on Sunday. Southern Miss took on Texas San Antonio in Hattiesburg last night and dropped an 8-7 to decision in game one of that series. The Roadrunners improved to 33-16, and 17-8 and in the Conference USA. The Golden Eagles 36-14, and 18-7, and and one game ahead of San Antonio in the standings. Mississippi State took on Texas A&M last night. A&M jumped out to a 4-0 lead. State came back, took a 7-4 lead. A&M came back and won the game 8-7, to however, over the Bulldogs game 2 today, 1.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. 
helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities. This is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators are sure you'll always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today. The father of modern bass fishing, Ray Scott, passed away last Sunday at the age of 88. Scott founded the first national professional bass fishing circuit, the Bassmasters Tournament Trail, in 1967, which he had the idea and founded it in Jackson, Mississippi. In the following year, founded the Bass Angler Sportsman Society, BASS, which would grow to become the world's largest fishing organization. Chase Anderson, the CEO of BASS, says Ray's passion and vision for bass fishing birthed the entire industry more than 50 years ago when he founded BASS and started the first professional fishing tournament series. His legacy is felt today and continues to influence BASS. Ray's contributions and impact on conservation and his advocacy and passion for anglers and her sport set the standard for tournament fishing. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for everything that you do for frankly our green world that we all share together and of course that that oftentimes means what you plant what you don't plant what you decide to do about it when you do plant it i appreciate you wanting my advice about sustainable and sometimes uh, harder options than that when it's necessary but you know me i'm devoted to integrated pest management i'm devoted to plants that have a sense of place whether they were born here or not kind of like the people did ever happen to you folks if you're a transplant to wherever it is that you happen to be, anybody ever tell you, well, it's going to be 20 years before you can say you're from here, wherever here is? I was told that, but y'all started to claim me a little sooner than that, I'm happy to say. So thank you very much for that. Thank you very, very much for that. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. I am the Garden Mama. That is the Super Talk call line, and it is open to you. Anytime that I am here, so the ceasefire text line is also here for you, 601-879-4395. When I was talking with, uh, ch- chatting on the text line with Tommy and his wife and now his mother-in-law about what the plant is with the, the blue flowers, with the black dots and the white circle, it, it is, I thought to myself, well, 
it's bacopa, but it's not that it shouldn't be in bloom yet because it's a summer flower. So now we have learned something. Thank you, mother-in-law. It is uh, a, a, a it, it's a wonderful lobelia, which you may or may not know the flower. But if you're looking for a small, low-growing, I'm gonna put this on my list, low-growing through the early part of the spring. It would be lobelia. You want to put blue in that same spot for the summer. It's bacopa. So it's a really good combination. I just hadn't thought of it. That's why I ask you today, what is your favorite pollinator plant? So far on the list, we have lobelia, morning glory, Mexican petunia, zinnias, sundrops, coneflowers, phlox, guara, bee balm, coreopsis, and something else I wrote down that I can't read. So I'll figure out what's... Oh, tithonia. Okay. Tithonia, that's a good one. That's a big plant, though. (laughs) You may or may not want that one in your own garden. Oh, goodness. Let's see now. Let's start off this hour with Dave in Ripley. Welcome in, Dave. What's on your mind today? Hello, Garden Mama. Howdy. Oh, I'm not much of a gardener, so you'll notice when I tell you, but I, I got some irises years ago from my grandmother's house and fighting them around a couple of trees here and some more places out there. These vanished trees are, I had, you know, I don't do nothing to them. They just kind of multiplied over the years, and now there's probably 20 or so around each tree, and, and only one or two of them bloom each year, and I know you're supposed to pulling things up at a certain time. Can you give me the rundown of what I'm supposed to do with those things? Okay. Do, do, they have, um, do they have really stiff, pointed leaves, and are, do the flowers have, like, a head on them, and then the, there's parts of the flower that fall down from the top? Okay, well, let me give you another. Guy. Let me give you another description. Are the flowers flat? On you know, in other words, all of their parts are on one level. There's different kinds of irises. Is why I ask this. Um, in the most cases, the irises that you're talking about that we move from grandma's house or from somebody's house to our place are white, purple, you know, some of those colors. We might have some yellow ones, and then we might have some that are fancier. So if the colors are like apricot and lavender, I have a feeling you got bearded iris. Otherwise, you've got some that are a little bit easier to deal with. The main thing that you're looking at in irises is that they get a half a day of sun, and their leaves are not so crowded that they can't possibly get a flower stalk up in between them. So if you're if you're not seeing that problem, I believe your only issue is going to be that you need to give them a little bit of fertilizer so that they can make flowers for next year. I wouldn't you, you don't have to dig them and divide them unless they're vigorous and very close packed growing. In that case, yeah, you do or they'll they'll suppress their own flowers. But if you've got a half a day of sun in that space and you've also got plants that are not too far apart, they just need some fertilizer. I think I've got the Crabbing problem. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's all bunched mm-hmm. up. There's a lot of them, and there's only like one or two that blow. Yeah, they just can't get under. They just can't get going. The good news is that you can do that anytime the weather is pleasant between now and next fall. <laughs> you know, you have a lot of time to do this task. People will tell you to divide perennials like that in the season opposite their bloom, which in other words, they bloom in spring, so you would divide them in fall, dig them up in fall, and spread them around. But if we wait until fall, sometimes we have a hurricane, sometimes we have two months of degree temperatures that are so hot nobody wants to do anything right before it turns cold, and then nobody wants to do anything. So I say, and most people will tell you, that you can work with irises anytime the weather is pleasant for you. It'll be fine for them. 
So I'm good. Thank you for saving those from your grandma's house. That's very, the legacy plants to me are very exciting. They're also the ones that I feel like have a good sense of place. They know where they are and how to grow, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Let me know next year how they look. Appreciate hearing from you today. Thank you so, so much. That's a really good plant. You know, if you if you do want to give something to your descendants, to your family, to your sharing folks, irises are a good choice. They don't they don't have a, a great deal of problem. I, I have a, a blue uh, Louisiana iris. I can't find the copper one. It got overgrown. The plant's still back there, but it didn't bloom this year. I think it got too shady. But the blue one looks really, really nice. Um, and because I always tell you the truth, I forgot, and I brought some in the house in a vase. Had a friend coming by, and I thought they were pretty, and I knew she wasn't going to walk out into the backyard, and plus it was about to rain, and they'd get beaten down, and so I picked them and put them in the house. For those of you who have ever done this before or who have heard me talk about this, you will know that, oh, maybe 10 hours later, I walked through the room, and I thought that one of my cats had relieved themselves somewhere in the room. They hadn't. It was the flowers. The flowers of Louisiana iris, not the others, but Louisiana iris, will develop a little bit of an odor. That does, that's why when we see them in arrangements, they're generally in the patio, on the patio. You know, they're somewhere that the wind is blowing because they get a little bit questionable after a very short time. <laughs> Woo! My goodness, I do appreciate knowing that that's lobelia too. By the way, that's a, I, love, I love lobelia. It's a plant that we don't grow often enough. I associate it um, with with alyssum and the other things that are that really are beautiful now. Same as pansies, but they're going to get burned up pretty quickly as the as the temperature goes on. Yeah, I had no idea what those were. I just googled it, and one of the first pictures that comes up is a giant clay pot. And it looks like it's just this waterfall of flowers. Aren't they lovely? Yeah, lobelias are beautiful. They're they're one of those plants that because we have we can have in central Mississippi a really spotty winter. They may try to bloom too much and then they get frozen later. That can happen. Same thing can happen to a lot of things. Pansies. My pansies frozen came right back this year. I don't it doesn't always happen, but that's part of what's gardening is gambling. So we 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 do that and you know pour the quarters into the backyard kind of thing. <laughs> Kim here. Any ideas on how to keep bugs out of the vegetable garden without harming chickens? We often pull weeds and cuttings from the garden and feed them to the chickens new to vegetable gardening. Well, okay, that's a good question. The um, there are, there are quite a few things that you can use that the chickens won't care about. I mean, in other words, it's not going to hurt the chickens to, to use on to control the bugs. I suggest that if you will put yourself on the sustainable path and go for the lowest impact for the bug that you have. I don't know what bugs you have, but if you have something chewing or if you have something piercing and sucking, either kind, the place to begin is insecticidal soap. And if you will read the label on insecticidal soap, you will see that it can be used up until the day of harvest on virtually anything you want to use it on. So that means that even if you control the bugs and then you pull the weeds and feed them to the chickens, they're not going to get any because it's already volatilized off of the plant or out of the plant. Okay, But check insecticidal soap first. If you have a specific pest, I'll be happy to try and help with that too. Oh, good choice on pollinators, Bill and Perkinson. And by the way, thank you for being a new vegetable gardener. 
Lots of those. I'm, I'm here to help you. Um, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Bill in Parkinson says sweet olive is his favorite pollinator plant. What a great choice. And, and he puts in parenthesis, it is the smell of New Orleans in the spring. Oh, yeah. And also, bottle brush is my wife's favorite. Another marvelous, wonderful, beautiful plant that I don't think of often enough. So I'm, I'm happy to have those for the list. Um, we're collecting pollinator names today. <laughs> no, I'm not planning on naming, you know, cats or something. I actually have a project that I'm working on. I just don't want to leave anything out. And y'all always have such good ideas. Here's one for you that I found just on the Google image search. It was right next to the giant clay pot of Uh-oh. waterfall of flowers. This one is not the lobelia. It's called a Siberian squill. Yeah, we don't. Squill doesn't do that well. Squill bloom ah. for about a minute here. That's the other thing about pollinator plants. It's a beautiful plant. I agree with you. But our pollinator plants, it's like it's it, it's in the group in my head with a stilby, which is if I was in Memphis, I'd have a stilby everywhere. It's a beautiful plant, but it needs a cooler late spring, cooler longer spring than we have in order for it to produce and be beautiful. But it does bring up that we should use things that we're not necessarily accustomed to and see how long they will bloom. Part of doing a pollinator garden and the way that I'm the way that I work on these things is four levels, four seasons, and four different kinds of plants in bloom all at the same time. Um, and they do need to be selected from things that are pollinator friendly. But, for example, while I would love to have a tulip poplar. You know, I'm not going to do that. That's a hundred foot tall tree. I don't have room for that. So it has to be heights that are reasonable for the space and in perspective to one another, but also something to bloom in four seasons. So it makes sense to have some of those that only bloom for a little while. Just has to be one that also will grow really vigorously the rest of the time. (laughs) Squill is not on the top of the list, but it's a beautiful, beautiful plant. It's it's. I have to think about that. Wood sorrel is another one that people don't like that much. But it blooms all the time, and I like it. So the the yellow flowered one, pink flowered one's very common. Everybody has that, but um, I, I think the yellow flowered one might be what I'm looking for. Oh, that's beautiful. Here's a lamium from Andrea in uh, Madison. That's a gorgeous plant. I do love lamium. I think it's a lovely plant. Um, that's a particularly pretty stand of it. And she says the bees really like it. It's a variegated leaf one. This is one that would be in the sun in the spring, and that's really pretty. That makes me think about um, I I grew too much sage one year. I'm not a big sage fan. In case y'all ever invite me over for Thanksgiving, I probably won't eat the dressing. But the um, the, the sage grew so well and then eventually went into bloom. And it was the, the it's the rainbow sage or what I call rainbow it's tricolor has has leaves that are. Um, pink a little bit, white a little bit, green a little bit. They're really pretty plants, but I don't like the taste of them at all. So I let them go on to bloom, and they were indeed a bee magnet. You know, you're right about that. Pretty pink flowers on this one. That's very nice. Really, really pretty. Love that. Well, 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 in this whole business of what in the world is happening in your garden, a lot of it's happening where you can't see it. Because it's happening underground. And the subject of roots and wet roots and dry root zones and all of these other things, these other pieces, what can you make a mulch out of? 
For example, I have a mulch in the pots of my tomatoes because I don't want anything to wash up off the soil surface. I do this in the ground, too. You don't want anything to wash up off the soil surface onto the tomato plants because that could be a, a blight. It could be a problem. So we use a little bit of that to help that. But it also helps control the amount of moisture in that pot or in that bed. Those are just two of the basic reasons for using mulch anyway. But what do you use? What is the mulch out of? Well, I have, you know, I have Paul the poinsettia. Paul the poinsettia is about to get cut back. It's already started to grow on the top. I'm going to try and root some of those tops. And then I'm going to cut it back into a plant maybe two and a half feet tall instead of four and a half feet tall, which is what it is now. But I looked at it the other day and I thought, you really got to do something about this. It's a fragile plant. You know, they break really easily. Most of the euphorbias will snap pretty easily. They're full of latex. You get it all over your hands. It itches sometimes. But they're such beautiful plants that we go on and grow them anyway. Well, here I am looking at this thing, trying to figure out what in the world to do with it. And I realized that last year when it started to topple over, I put a rock mulch on top of it, uh, the top of the soil in in that pot so it would be heavy. And then I put that pot into another pot. This was this was the, I don't want to fool with this gardener doing this. And then I forgot I had done it. So now I not only have to cut the plant back, I got to get the rock mulch out. I got to put it in a pot that's big enough for it. <sighs> Will it survive? The best news I can tell you is that it is very healthy now, despite being outdoors where it has rained entirely too much for a poinsettia. So my point of telling you all this is that sometimes a rock mulch is actually a great thing because some of the water just splashes off. It doesn't actually get into the container. <laughs> and so it didn't get overwatered, even though it easily could have gotten overwatered. It didn't. So I like that. Um, I, don't, I need to see a picture. Let's see. What causes the leaves, Rusty's in Carrollton, what causes the leaves on my tomatoes to curl like this? They're in new ground. Only five out of the 27 are like this. If they're curling up, it's different from if they're curling under. Um, and so tomato leaf curl, can, leaf curl can simply be up or it can be under. Send me a note and tell me which way they're going, and I'll try and give you some help. I might, I might know. I might know. I hope that, uh, like me, you've had the opportunity to watch somebody work dirt when you didn't have to do it yourself. I got to watch my grandfather. I wish I had uh, learned more even from him. But I, I do remember very clearly how muddy the boots were and how not muddy the raised bed was that he gardened in. So if you're looking at the, the bed outside and thinking I need to go out there and weed around the tomatoes but it's so the soil is so wet if I pull up the weeds I'm going to end up pulling up half the soil you're right and you may have to go along with scissors and just cut those weeds down at ground level for right now you pull them up when they come back up again and it's a little bit drier what in the world are you going to do if you don't love your if, the, if you don't take care of the roots? Of course, you're going to end up with a plant that can fall over. You're going to end up with a plant that can't pump enough water and nutrients to its top, and you're going to come up with a plant that you don't like so much. That's why poor Paul the poinsettia's got to have a bigger pot. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about yours. Let's talk about specialized roots, one thing and another. We got a ways to go, and a lot of your texts and phone calls coming in. I appreciate that here on Weekend Gardening.
Your business may be classified as small to mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the iSolve platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit MWGEmployerServices.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture and accessories for outdoor and indoor living areas. Lakeland has everything you need from umbrellas and replacement cushions to beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll find Komodo Joe grills, Yeti coolers, and great collegiate gift items. The expert staff at Lakeland is happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. Be sure to get your soils and mulches. Many are sold by the bag or in bulk, and Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 43 years. Listen to your mama now and call 601-939-7304. Visit online at lakelandyardandgarden.com and stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line. Their homes, retirement, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. If we can be of help to you, give us a call. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Harley Equipment in Gluckstadt is excited that grass cutting season has finally arrived. Harley has a large selection of in-stock Skag Zero Turns, Walt Behinds, and stand-on mowers. And Skag mowers are known for being simply the best in the lawn equipment industry. Skag has the mowing machine to meet your needs with a variety of models to choose from for whatever size property you might have. Skag is offering 0% financing and no money down, so buying a new mower has never been easier. Harley Equipment in Gluckstadt. Find us on Facebook or give us a call, 601-499-0944. This is owner Cameron Hartley reminding you that when it comes to your lawn and outdoor equipment needs, shop smartly, shop Hartley. 
friends and neighbors uh, I feel like I should be singing and dancing here that's different <laughs> no no that's not Leon Russell we understand that's not Leon Russell the cacao tree is tropical um, it's still a good tune even done in bluegrass just a little faster than we would usually listen to it Woo. Um, the, the tomato leaves curling down. We, I got the response back. Indeed, the tomato leaves, um, Rusty says, are curling down. Usually that is, if, if we don't have any other, anything else, we don't see chewed leaves, we don't see um, uh, pokes, holes poked in them or anything like that, we're looking at a physiological response. And when they curl down, it's usually a phys- physiological response to not quite enough water in their root zone, which may or may not mean that there's not enough water there. It may mean that the roots are compromised because the soil is too wet, or it may mean that the soil is actually too dry. Sometimes it's a, a temporary thing that's a quick response. They'll curl under because it got it became that way over, you know, in other words, it was cold and wet, and then it was hot and wet, and they'll, they'll respond to the heat rise by trying to curl underneath. It's all about cons- conserving their moisture in their leaves. Um, if they curled up and curled around on themselves curling up, it's a temperature issue. So that's something else to consider. But that's, that's a real good one. Um, let's see. James, I'm going to work on that one. I'm not sure about that. I'm going to work on that. Hang on for me. Let's see. Um, oh, good. Getting ready to plant the sunflower field. Bush hog and other land. <laughs> Whew. You are you are busy, Vince. My goodness. Um, is there a product I can spray that will kill the poison ivy without killing other vegetation? No, but if you invent it. We can not only win the Nobel Prize, we can make a lot of money. So let's go. Unfortunately, poison ivy is a broadleafed weed. It is a broadleaf plant, and the same things that attack it attack other things. But it, it, that's unfortunate, but not unexpected. Okay. I have the... I have the luxury of being in a space that is small, and even so, I mean, relative to your farm, I have an acre. But even so, there are parts of it where I've noticed this year that places that didn't ever have any poison ivy in it, because I do fight it very hard. I know, I didn't I didn't get any poison ivy on me that caused any problems. I grew up in it, but after I got to be a full grown adult, I actually began reacting to it, and so I try very hard to keep it out of the garden. But this year, there's some of it that is just huge. I, I, in fact, pulled up by the quick stop by my house, convenience store by my house, and realized that what's usually Virginia creeper on their wall is this year entirely poison ivy. It's like, whoa, don't park over there. <laughs> y'all, y'all be careful. It's just one of those things that has taken over. It it, it, it does a, it, it has a particularly wonderful um Wonderful, wonderful quality about it. Beautiful fall color, very vigorous, covers the ground in a hurry, and your trees and your shrubs and your house if you leave it alone too long. (laughs) Those things are all true. Those are all true. Oh, let's see. But I really do like the, the, 
the uh, the project. I think that we could use more sunflowers and lavender. We could certainly use more of, of that, taking care of that property that way. That's great. And let's see, what do I add to the native soil when planting any shrub or tree? Well, um, Jackie's in Brandon. It kind of depends on how your soil is doing. For example, if you dig a hole into any soil, fill it, dig it, dig a hole about eight inches deep and four inches across, you know, the size of a can, size of a uh, post hole digger which you might be doing that with, fill it with water. If it does not percolate out in 30 or 45 minutes, you need to amend for drainage unless you're planting something that wants to have wet feet. Some plants do. On the other hand, if it drains away instantly, then, yeah, you're going to have to amend in order to increase water holding capacity. The way you do both of those things is with organic matter. I am not one who is in favor of babying plants. I, I like to baby babies, but I don't want to baby my plant. I want to just give it just what it needs. But I always want to re- realize that the point of it is to create roots that are healthy enough to dig it themselves, push themselves out into the native soil around where you're planting. The saddest thing is to go into someone's house as a consultant, which I've done more times than I would like to, and and have them say, this thing, this one over here just died. And the landscape hasn't been in place maybe five years. And you go over and with one tug on the tree or the shrub, it literally comes out of the ground and the roots have never gotten out of the space that was created for them. So they just circle and circle and circle until they choke themselves and the plant can't grow. You're unhappy with your landscaper, and you know there's no there's no joy at all in my me having to be the one that says, well, this one didn't work, <laughs> because the chances of whether or not you can replant it, cut the roots off, and start over again really depend on the age and the type of shrub or tree that it is. So, it's a very difficult thing to overcome sometimes. Now that being said. If I've got native soil and I'm in Brandon, as long as it looks like dirt, doesn't look like fill, there's no concrete chips in it or something that someone unfortunately could have dumped in there at some point, as long as you got some dirt, I'm going to go and get a bag of usually something called soil conditioner. Um, it's Garden Ease is the brand that I like. But what you're looking for is a bark and compost product that is about a half an inch to an inch in size, no bigger and really not any smaller. And you're going to mix about a quarter by volume. You're going to dig out the hole that you want to plant the tree in and then take that soil, take a quarter of its volume, put it into that and mix it up together. Yes, you will have some soil left over. That's fine. But no more than about a quarter of the volume of that soil is going to do really well for you. Okay? Okay. Oh, Amanda, you're right. That's beautiful. The bees are happy this morning. They look great. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Beautiful photograph. You did that really, really well. Um, let's see. Well, we're now Terry and Bogachita is um, interested in poke salad. A lot of people love poke salad. There was a famous song written about it. Yes, poke salad, Annie. No, I've never been called that. Um, I learned early on, though, that you have to go off the roadside to harvest your poke salad because the poke salad along the roadside may be sprayed for herbicide. Now, it didn't necessarily work because the plant's still growing, but what's in those leaves is not something you want to eat. So go off the beaten path if you're going to get into this. Same is true of any kind of foraging. You go off the beaten path for all of that stuff. Um, I don't think I've ever said this. About 110 years ago, I was a kid who went to band camp 
every summer was one of the greatest things that ever happened to me, to be able to go as a middle schooler and discover that there were other band nerds like me in other places. <laughs> we all thought we were a little odd. Then we found out we really were odd, but there were more of us. That's what band camp was for. And since band camp's also about that dance on Friday night and uh, maybe somebody will smile at you, maybe they'll ask you to dance. You know, it's never happened at anything else. Maybe it'll happen at band camp. Well, I just have to tell you that the cutest boys were always from Bogachita, so there it is. <laughs> Somebody out there is going to remember those band camps. They won't remember <laughs> me because, believe me, I was bland and blasé, but, you know, Rhino's laughing at me. It's true, though. And If you don't – if your kids are, like I was, the quietest one in the room, I know that's hard to believe, but I couldn't speak out loud. And if your kid is like that, there's a there's there's a reason for it, but there's also things that you can do as a loving parent to help them find their voice. And they helped me with band, and they helped me by putting me in children's theater. And I remember just being scared, witless, and all these things. But later on, it turned out it was a really good idea. <laughs> Thank goodness they did. I'd have hated to have kept all this stuff quiet for too long. All right, now, they're my roots. You know, that's that's my roots were good. My grandfather taught me to garden. My parents taught me how to talk. Um, my sister taught me how to find my own way because she was literally everything. <laughs> I had to find my own way. Couldn't, I wasn't ever going to be as good as her, so I had to go another direction. But that's part of what is all about your roots. Where do your roots come from? How do you get them? Are you doing a DNA test? Are you doing, uh, you know, any any family tree stuff, all of those things. Well, when it when you think about all those images, they all come from the real, honest-to-goodness fact that we have roots and shoots in the world. We're the shoots of our roots, okay? But if we're talking about our plants, we might better be worrying a little bit more about the roots sometimes. There's several different sorts that you may or may not know about. The really tiny, little bitty, white, fleshy roots, if you go and buy a plant in a four-inch pot and get ready to put it into another container into your garden, it's going to have little, tiny, fleshy roots on it. If you root a cutting, if you take a cutting off your coleus or your begonia or something else and put it in a jar on your kitchen counter, the roots that it develops are going to be very fine and white. Those are all called adventitious roots. There's a whole lot of them. They're very fine. They're also very easily damaged, but because there's so many of them, oftentimes that's okay. That's what we're trying to increase when we add a root stimulator fertilizer or when we add a compost tea, which of course is my preference, to a newly planted specimen of any sort because we want to encourage those adventitious roots. They're the ones that work the first and work the fastest. So we're trying to keep that plant from going into shock. But you know, if you're growing a carrot, you don't really care about those. You want that taproot. And that's the thing. Pine trees have taproots. Carrots are taproots. Um, there's a lot of plants that have that. We're, we have to encourage them with a deeper planting soil and perhaps a different kind of fertilizer as the years go by. So there's a lot of different sorts of roots. There's also modified roots, you know, there's 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 all of those things. But all of these structures, whether it's a tuber or a rhizome or something, anything that's under underneath the ground, needs to have your attention. Just as we were talking to our caller about the irises, you may not remember what's out there until they don't bloom or until they do bloom. But it's almost always the root of the matter that you need to pay most attention to when something, especially when it's brand new in the ground or 
when it's not doing as well as you'd like it to. Mike, you're in Greenville. Thank you very much. What's going on? Good morning. I'm wanting to redo, uh, well, make a new flower bed. And I've got thousands of daylilies. When I dig these daylilies up, how long can I leave them out before I transplant them? Well, ideally, it would not be very long. That being said, um, I'm, I have to make a confession. I have, early on in my time here, someone very nice handed me a bushel basket, you know, a, a, made out of wood, you know, a bushel basket with about 15 daylilies in it. And I was speaking at something and put them in the back of my car and didn't even think about them again. They stayed there all summer. I planted them, and they grew just fine. I don't recommend that, but I'm just saying some of these are tougher than they look. (laughs) So go ahead and get them replanted as soon as you can, but don't worry if it's a week or two. Well, if I once I uh, dig them up, would it help if I wrapped them in a burlap and uh, keep burlap wet? Oh, sure. That would be wonderful. They would love that. The very best thing would be if you have a mound of mulch or a few bags of mulch that you can just dump on the ground and do what's called healing them in. You're not really planting them there. You're just making sure that their roots are covered up. And then that gives you a nice holding place for a while. Okay. I do appreciate your help. Thank you. I can't wait to see what the new bed looks like. That sounds great. Appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Daylilies. Um, Nancy Gale is blooming. Um, this is not a competition, but I did, uh, for those of you who follow Dr. Gary Bachman on social media, and you should, um, he, he had, I swear he wrote that he had 82 buds on Nancy Gale, <laughs> suburban, beautiful Nancy Gale, suburban daylily, that bred, of course, in, in Hattiesburg, world famous thing now. Um, I don't have that many buds. <laughs> I don't think I use as much fertilizer as Gary and Katie do either. <laughs> they're a little bit more they're a little bit more serious about that. Oh, let's see. Um Okay. Yep, that's true. I just plant I planted a Fiji apple tree two years ago and it's never produced a fruit, but it has blossomed. This year I finally read the tag and it says requires pollinator. What do I need to do? Uh, my I, I have to just open my mouth like this. You still have the tag? Congratulations. I'm proud of you because none of the rest of us would have been able to go look that up on a tag. We'd have had to have looked it up somewhere else. Yes, apples do need a pollinator. There are two basic things you need to know about apples, and there's a whole lot of other detail that you can certainly find out about it. Golden Delicious is a pollinator for almost everything, but I encourage you to look up and make sure it will pollinate your Fuji. Just be sure of that. And the second thing is, if you can see a cedar tree from where your apple tree is planted, you're probably going to have a disease called cedar apple rust that goes back and forth between the two. You can control it. You just need to be aware of it. Okay? Okay. How about that? Oh, my goodness. Let's go up the river, all right? Please stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. To another farm, to a town so long ago, where the sweet make no blossom, cotton fields, or white snow, catfish shun. Was a river hobo Lived and died By the river's bend
Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Do you know your indoor air quality score? Today, one in five people suffer from or have allergy or asthma. 90% of homes have indoor air quality problems. Over 25 million Americans suffer from asthma. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and our indoor air quality is two to five times worse than outdoors. Call 1-800-SOLUTIONS today. Green Home Solutions is the best decision you can make towards improving your family's indoor air quality. Here in Mississippi, we believe that life is precious and must be protected. But Congressman Guest voted twice to give $1.1 billion of your tax dollars to Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider. I'm Michael Cassidy, and my promise to you is that unlike Congressman Guest, I will never vote to give even a penny in taxpayer funding to Planned Parenthood. I'm Michael Cassidy, a pro-life Republican candidate for Congress, and I approve this message. Paid for by Michael Cassidy for Congress. That's right. Come get more spring savings now at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We're giving you more savings, more selection, and more affordable payments every single day, period. Right now, pay only $249 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirages. That's only $249 per month. And with gas prices being so high, the Mirage's 40 MPGs will keep more cash in your pocket. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Think you can't get approved? Think again. Our crash specialists are standing by to get you approved today because... 100% credit approval is our number one goal. And we'll give you more for your trade, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So come in today for more spring savings at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, when nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi Mirage 10% down to 1.9% for 72 months. Again, for details of the credit. Cards issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider Ramp a better corporate card and spend management platform. Instead of points, Ramp gives you cash back with every purchase. Ramp software puts real money in your pocket, plus total control over who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's integrated software lets you close your books in hours instead of days. Time is money. Save both with Ramp. Now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash join. R-A-M-P dot com slash join. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. 
I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. That's my kind of bluegrass. (laughs) Thank you very much for making weekend gardening part of your life. I couldn't do it without you, that's for sure. I am, uh, (laughs) yes, crazy people and farmers and beekeepers. Yes, it's a Venn diagram. You've got to see it. Look it up. It's wonderful. That's delightful. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) I need that shirt. So I try to avoid things with quite that much information on them. People read them too long. <laughs> you do that. That's wonderful. How do I get rid of carpenter bees? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, um, here's the thing. Carpenter bees are another one of those going to take advantage of the situation, and they will bore into your house. The way that I have dealt with them, the way that I've been taught to deal with them, and the way that I have, in fact, dealt with them is, first of all, to understand that they're just there because there's wood to be d- drilled into. So if you fill up the holes that they have made with caulk and then paint over it, that's the start. But, the, of course, the obvious first thing is you, you also need to find out where they live, where their nest is, and disrupt that if you can with an application of Something or another. Usually, it's a ten percent seven, but doesn't always that doesn't always work. There are other products, but the point is, if you can find where they live, that's a good thing. But when you're just trying to deal with their damage and get them to go somewhere else, fill the holes up with caulk and paint the surface, and that oftentimes makes it a lot better. <laughs> Joe, you're in Madison. Thank you very much. Parsley is blooming. Ooh-wee. Hey. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Do I do I need to call the? St- I mean, one of them has a one is already stalked up in in blooming with little flowers on it, if you will, and the other and that's the flat parsley, and the other parsley, which is curly parsley, parsley, just sent a straight stalk up and looks like Jack and the Beanstalk. And now so. you know why I grow both curly and flat parsley. Let me let me speak to you about flat, about parsley as a general thing. Parsley grows best for us. Parsley is triggered to bloom and set seed in heat. In other words, about the same time as our tomatoes start making tomatoes, 65 degrees at night, the parsley starts warming up to make seeds. When it gets to where it's too warm for the tomatoes, 72, 75 degrees at night, the parsley does what's called bolting. And it and it's really not, it, that sounds angry, but it's not. It's just the natural time for it to finish its season and bloom out. That's why we tend to plant our parsley in late summer, early fall, and grow it all the way through the winter because it's probably going to bolt in the in the late spring and sometimes a little bit later than that. It does make the parsley taste more bitter. It is also, however, a really wonderful opportunity for the pollinators and, and you know, that to get into. They love the flowers on parsley, but you and I don't like them so much because they make the leaves bitter. I cut, the, I cut mine off. I cut off any time the stems appear. I cut them off. 
and I do have to replace my parsley plants every couple of years because I can't they'll they'll get to where they're just too bitter to eat. Right now I have one plant, one parsley plant that's 3 years old and has four leaves on it that are still tasty and it sends up it'll send up one little clump of leaves and another little clump of leaves. It's in a container all by itself. I don't even know how it got there. I didn't plant it there, but I've just left it. I also have the parsley that I grow in a box, and it, it is, yes, go, it's bolting right now. The curly parsley, that's flat leaf. The curly parsley has not started to bolt yet, and this is the point in the year where I begin cutting thing, cutting parsley and putting it into the freezer, you know, in, in little cubes to make ice cubes to cook with later on, um, the same way I do with the basil at the end of the summer. But, yeah, parsley's going to bloom when it gets too hot. I will tell you that I try to get around it a little bit i'll move the pots into a not quite as hot and bright setting and i can get a few more weeks out of them but it is the natural thing for them to bloom in late spring early summer okay all right and these these are uh, uh left over from last year so i guess this yep you, you, you have done really uh, well <laughs> you have gotten just about all of them that they can give so you have done very very well um, blind pig thighs with occasional acres. So. <laughs> oh, now you make me think about my old friend Pete Marcelli. He used to say that. He would say, oh, that thing is blooming. I didn't think that thing was ever going to bloom. Well, even, you know, <laughs> even the blind pig. Yeah. <laughs> You've done great. Now start some more seed this summer and you'll have plenty again next year. Okay, so cut, but cut the stalks. Cut the uh, stalks and let the other continue to to make leaves as long as it will. Okay, good deal. All righty, thank All right, you. thank you again for your help on uh, the double knockouts. Oh, too. certainly, they're, they're going to turn out to be. They're going to turn out to be great. They're they're going to. They just need a little attention that they hadn't had recently. They'll be fine. Thank you, Joe. Good to hear from you. Um, let's see now. What's up? Uh, hey, Oxford. Hello, Ginger. Welcome in. What's on your mind? Thank you. I'm calling about um, my peony. I've found this new love for peonies, and I, they're just beautiful. But what do you do with the seed pods afterwards? Can you plant those? You should be able to, yeah. Do you happen to know the name of the okay. variety that you have? No. Okay. If it okay. doesn't turn out to have the same flower as your your parent plant did, it's because your parent plant is a hybrid. and it may. But, but yes, those seeds should be viable. Ooh. Okay. But it, but it should put up another plant and have flowers. If the, yes, if, if the, the seeds if the seeds can grow into a plant, they should be able to bloom. Now, obviously, the problem we have with peonies is that they don't get ready to bloom until it gets too hot, and so that's why too often you'll see peonies and there'll be one flower and then the other ones, the little stems are just bent down and the the buds are hanging down. It's a sad sight. Those are later season peonies that would be blooming beautifully if we were just in Ohio, <laughs> where it stays cooler longer. But in our case here, we have several that do bloom beautifully, and yes, some of them are naturalized and, and will come true to, with, with their seeds. It just depends on which one it is. Do I need to, do I need to dry the seeds? Do I need to just um, you plant can, them as You can. Stage? What you want them to do mostly is mature. In other words, stay on there as long as you can possibly leave them on the plant, and then when it's going to have a terrible storm and they're already nice and brown, you'll cut them off and bring them in the house. Let them finish. Okay. And start because once they once they've dried out a little bit, you can plant them. 
Thank you so much. Sure. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. I love peonies. They're not the easiest flower to grow, and I'm not going to put them in my pollinator garden because it would take too much work <laughs> to do. But um, it, it's still a beautiful thing. Let's see now. Um, where am I? Big black ants. Ah, big black ants. And a week, la- week later after I treat for them, they get worse. You need to find out where they're living and treat their actual homestead. Um, and, and if you've treated the area where they're eating the plants, I, I hate to tell you that you're going to have to follow them back to where they're actually living. And once you do that, you'll be able to get the, disrupt their nest. And then that'll, that really often is, is the only way to get them out of your life. Um, because frankly, they're tough. And sometimes you'll see them in a tree. I mean, you know, you'll see black ants, big old black ants just in various places, but they, wherever they're actually living, um, is where you you need to be able to give them the opportunity to not live there anymore. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. <laughs> There's things I can't even say on the air, but they're very funny. How do we um, transplant a rose bush from a clipping? Well, if it's rooted, you just plant it. And that's really all I can. That's about the simplest answer that I can give you today. Thank you, everybody. If it's not rooted, you'll need to root it first, of course. Um, if the leaves are falling off on your azalea, Arlene and Biloxi, make sure that you look and make sure you don't have azalea caterpillars helping you out with that defoliation because you might. Thanks for all your kind comments today. Thank you, Rhino. We appreciate you always being here with us. The rest of y'all now, take care and come back next week. Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. I I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, 
growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardengarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 